Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Pastors, this morning we'll be preaching sermons about maybe the sacrifice of Hannah in the Bible. Um, who prayed for a son, the mother of Samuel, and how she prayed for him and dedicated him to the Lord. Maybe others will share about the mother of Moses and how she did whatever it took to be able to keep him alive and to keep him safe. She went to extreme measures because she loved her son. Others may talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and maybe the struggle of raising the Messiah. I mean, that would have been, you think your kid is bad. I mean, you know, Jesus, he knew it all, and he truly did. He knew it all. Um, but this morning... I recognize there's so many great stories and examples of motherhood, both in the Bible and in this room today. There's so many of you who you represent what it looks like to be a good mother. But since we're in the middle of the What Did He Say series, I was confined to the words of Jesus, so that narrowed it down a little bit. But the hilarious thing is, is that the words that I chose this morning come from one of the stories in the Bible that I truly hate. (laughs) And I truly hate it. And if you know me, the minute I start reading this, you're going to understand why. And so this morning, we're going to start in Luke chapter 10. And it's the story of Jesus and Mary and Martha. So in Luke 10, verse 38, tells us that as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about Mary and Martha. They're mentioned um, by name only three times in the scriptures. We know that they are the sisters of Lazarus, who a few weeks ago we talked about how Jesus raised him from the dead. Um, We know that Martha, from our scripture, seems like a type A person. She is like me. She is a get it done, do your best kind of work, take care of everybody. And that uh, Mary seems like the, the typical younger sibling. She's just in her own little world doing her thing, and she's happy about it, and, and uh, they're two very different types of women. They were both followers of Jesus with very different personalities. Mary was probably the type of person who would stop and take time to smell the roses, and Martha would probably be the one cutting them down and arranging them nicely in a vase like Martha Stewart. And I think in this room, whether you are male or female, whether you're a mom or not, we've all felt the struggle of wanting to worship like Mary, of wanting to spend time with Jesus, of wanting to do that, but feeling the pull of our obligations like Martha. I personally, I relate to Martha all too well, and that's why I hate this scripture. I am Martha. I am the person who is so distracted by everything that needs to be done. I'm a perfectionist to a fault. I love everything to be done with excellence. Um, I like to consider myself, and I say this nicely about myself, I'm kind of like a freak because I can't sleep at night if there are dirty dishes in the sink. I can't sleep at night if the pillows are not on the couch. I mean, I am a total, total, like OCD perfectionist freak. And and I realize I have a problem. And when I read this story, 
I get it. I get that to sit and to worship at the feet of Jesus is better. But I also know that most days, I feel like I have way better things to do or things that feel more important. I know that laundry needs to be done. I know my dog needs to be walked. I know that I have youth ministry things to take care of. And in this story, I relate to Martha because she was someone who was trying to do the right thing. So often like how I feel, I'm trying to do the right thing. Um, after all, she opens her home to a group of hungry men randomly with you know, interrupted, no plans in place. And all that she was trying to do was to be a good host, was to prepare a meal for them, to be able to serve them. And the least that Mary could do was to help. And again, I picture myself. I picture myself, you know, even if I just know my mom is stopping by, I will make sure my living room is clean. You know, that's, that's who I am. I'm really strange. And, uh, Atmosphere and hospitality matter to me, but the questions I've had to ask myself um, probably over the past five years is at what cost, at what cost do those things, um, what price do I pay personally in my life in order to get things done that I feel are important? And for all of us, we are daily faced with the same choice as Mary and Martha, to work tirelessly without Jesus or to work tirelessly with him, to work with him. And I want to choose the better. I love in the scripture, you know, Jesus doesn't say that Martha was doing things that were wrong. She wasn't wrong for wanting to take care of those things and for wanting to get things done. But Mary chose what was better. And some days I just don't choose well. My to-do list trumps um, the things that I should do. I know that I should spend time with people. You know, we love all of our students um, who we get to interact with who are in middle school and high school. And, and yesterday is a perfect example of how we had a million things to do and we had two graduation parties that we were invited to. And I was really excited about it because I love those two students. We've gotten to invest in their lives over the past couple years. But by the time the parties rolled around, all I wanted to do was just stay in bed. All I wanted to do, if I'm being honest, was to not go. Because there were other things that I felt like were more important. But we went and we had a great time. We had awesome barbecue and, and got to just hang out and meet some of their families and spend time with them. And I think for many of us, maybe we can relate. Many women, many moms in the room, you have so many different things that you are taking care of on any given day at any given minute. Women are such incredible multitaskers because our brains are just wired differently. We are always thinking, always planning, and always doing. Do you agree? Always. Always, even this Friday um, for my birthday present, I got a massage and so I finally got to go and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to like relax and all I can think about in my head are all the things that I need to do. All the things I needed to do to prepare for this service, all the things I needed to do over the weekend, how I didn't get my mom a Mother's Day gift yet, what am I gonna get her, can I get it in time, and on and on and on. And, and I'm laying there and I'm like, you need to just stop. And I literally was telling myself, shut your brain off. Shut your brain off and just relax. Give yourself a moment to just enjoy something. And it's kind of a strange thing to think that we have to tell ourselves that, that you have to make yourself relax. You have to make yourself stop. But that's what I do. And I think many of you, you find yourself in that same place as well. Because I am a Martha. 
I cannot relax and I often choose unwisely. I choose to go it alone instead of trying to cling to Jesus for help. And I've had enough counseling now, and I can admit that, that I know what I need to do in order to become more like Mary and less like Martha. And one of those things um, is for me, I've decided that this year I am intentionally saying yes to things that I don't want to do. And not to things that don't matter, but saying yes to spending more time with God and saying yes to spending more time with people. I'm naturally more introverted and I'm naturally a Martha, so it's very easy for me to avoid spending time with people, which sounds weird as a pastor, but, but it's, it's one of those things that is not always easy for me when I have a giant to-do list. Um, so after I saw this TED Talk called Year of Yes, it's uh, given by the lady who she's the creator of like Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. It's really interesting if you want to watch it. But she gave this TED Talk called Year of Yes and how she decided to intentionally say yes every time her children asked her to stop and play. She's this, you know, I mean, billionaire TV producer. And every time she would be heading out the house, even if she had an important meeting to go to, if one of her daughters asked her to play, she would stop and she would play with them, even for just a couple minutes. And she talked about how that revolutionized her life and it gave her the right energy and motivation to actually be a better TV producer, to be better in all the areas of her life because she made what was important the top priority in her life. So this year for me, I'm purposefully keeping track every single day of things that I say yes to. And even just in this first month, I've noticed a shift in my attitude because it is a joy to spend time with people. Just this Monday, the Hoffmans hosted us for, for Ladies' Night Out, and I was expecting to be there maybe until 9 o'clock. I got home after midnight. But it was great. It was awesome. I so enjoyed probably the last two hours I was talking with just Zenovi and Zivia, and it was just the most incredible experience because I love them so much, and it brought so much joy to me when someone is telling you they wish you were their sister, they wish you were in their family, man, that's pretty cool. And those are the moments that in my life I want to make more time for, to make more time for people and to make more time for God. Even when I'm tired, even when I'm busy. And for most of us, most of the time, we feel tired and we feel busy. And I think it's interesting in Luke chapter 10, just 11 verses before we find the story of Mary and Martha, we find this verse. It's Luke 10, verse 27. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, he says this right before he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan, which teaches us the importance of caring for other people, of always taking time to stop, even when it's not convenient. And I don't think it's coincidental that that passage comes right before we find Mary and Martha because Jesus is already teaching us, he's setting the scene to remind us of what the better choices always are. And the better choices are always God first and then others. As a student ministries pastor, the question I get asked probably most often by any of our students is, how do I know what my purpose in life is? Isn't that such a loaded question? How do I know what I'm supposed to do with my life? How do I know what job to choose? How do I know who I should marry or who I should date or, you know, all these different things? And for the longest time, I didn't really know how to answer that question. Um, you know, I would tell them, oh, maybe just pray about it. You know, I don't know. We're all different. We all have different plans and purposes for our lives. But now my go-to answer is that verse. 
It's that verse because that is all of our purpose in life. It's our most basic foundational purpose, that you love God first and that you love other people. And if you do that, then out of that, you will find the right job. You will find the right person to marry. You will be able to make the right choices because you're putting the right priorities in their correct place above every to-do list, above every obligation, above every PTO meeting or soccer practice, above every load of laundry that's waiting for you piled up in your closet. It should always be God and people first. I can't tell you how many times my family, we're really close, um, my brother and sister, they're 21 and 20, and I can't tell you how many times they call me during a moment when it is so not convenient to go help them. Uh, especially this year, I started working on my master's, and I, I um, so many times where I would be working on a 20-page paper that I had procrastinated, I would get a call, oh, I need you to come help me. Hey, something's going on. I really need to talk, you know, and it, it could be any of our students as well, and in those moments, I'm like, oh, don't you know I am working on a paper? I told you that I was, but my answer is always, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. They never had to fight me hard to get me there because they come first. I love them first. And if we want to love the people in our lives, we've got to give them that place of honor right beneath Jesus. And when I think of my mom and my childhood, um, I have a lot of fun memories. But the one, the one place most of my memories um, occurred was at our kitchen table. Our kitchen table was kind of the hub for our family. And uh, it was where we would eat meals together, obviously. We would talk, we would hang out. Um, but it was also a place where we played games. We loved Connect Four. We would color. I mean, we would do all kinds of fun stuff. We would play with Play-Doh. We would make a mess. Um, you know, I remember one time we got paint all over like the actual table and, and my mom was not very happy. Um, <laughs> but our kitchen table was like the hub of our family. It was the place where we all came to connect and to have fun and to play. Um, but as I look back on my childhood, there were many different items that would show up on our table, but one item was always there, always. It didn't matter who was coming over or what time of day it was. There was one item always on the table. Even to this day, my brother and I were talking. We could walk into our parents' house right now, and this item would be there. And that item was my mom's Bible. Her Bible was always on the table, it usually sat on a corner, right in front of the seat where she would sit. And at any time of day, we could walk into the kitchen, especially if we walked into the morning, and we could catch my mom reading her Bible. We would just stumble in, and we would see her highlighting and writing and taking notes. We could walk downstairs and see my parents praying. We could see them both reading their Bible. And at the time, I didn't think much of it because it was very normal for that. That was just who she was. She modeled her faith in front of us, and, and it was an everyday thing. But looking back now, I see how daily my mom modeled for us the importance of spending time at the feet of Jesus, of spending time in the Word and learning and praying. And again, I'm not a mom. But from what I can see and what I do know, it is far from simple. It is, yeah, you're all like, no, it is far from simple. You have so many different things that you are juggling and worrying about and having to take care of. 
But from the example, at least, of my own mom, I think moms who try to simplify their lives, who put God first and then their family, are the most effective. They are the most effective. And we live in a world where every choice you make as a mom is so scrutinized. I don't know if you've seen, you know, like the concept of mom shaming, you know, what, how you dress your kids, what you feed them, where they go to school, you know, and people are so critical of how you raise your kids. You know, you can be out, um, my best friend Jenna, she's got a one-year-old, and we can be out, you know, at the store, and someone will come up to her, and, you know, they'll say something like, shouldn't your baby be taking a nap right now? You know, isn't it her nap time? Or, oh, you don't have shoes on her right now? Shouldn't she have shoes on? You know, it's cold. You know what I, do you understand, moms? Yeah, you know. Um, people are always trying to give you feedback. They're trying to tell you what they think you should do. And uh, often I think that is so damaging because it makes people feel like they can never be a good mom no matter what they do. You're always busy, you're always tired, and you're never enough. At least, you know, those are some of the things I've heard some of my own mom friends say. It's hard. It's a struggle. But today I want to reassure you as someone who gets to observe many of your lives, you are so awesome. Every mom at Mission Hill, I'm so blessed to know you. I'm blessed to see the example of how you raise your children. And your children are blessed because of you. And God has given all of us, not just the moms, everything that we need in life in order to be successful, everything we need in life in order to be able to live out our purpose and our calling. If we remember to balance our inner Mary and our inner Martha. And I think you don't have to feel bad when your inner Martha kicks in. Because if you know my mom, you know that her nickname is Mary Poppins. She is practically perfect in every way. And this is what all her friends call her. This is not the name we gave her. Um, she is organized, A-type. You can understand where I get it from now. Um, she is so awesome. She is a planner. She likes things to be clean. She likes um, to do things well. Even now, as an adult, my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and my mom threw me the greatest birthday party with, like, decorations and a theme and all this stuff. I mean, she just is so cool. She's so cool. She is a Martha. But she has learned that her Martha cannot dominate her world. It cannot dominate everything. Jesus had to. And she chose every single day to give us the best lives possible, to be the best planner, the best organizer, but also to love God above everything else and to love us above everything else beneath that. She spent time with Jesus daily, and because of her constant choosing of what was better, I stand here today. And we can all find that balance in our lives between our inner Mary and our inner Martha when we take the time to also just encourage each other. I love being around different types of people. Some of my best friends, they are not A-type personality people. And they help kind of bring me down. They help me relax. And we're able to encourage each other and to help each other. And I think the church has to be a place where that occurs. In a world that's hypercritical, the church has to be a place and a source of encouragement. And I love in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And that's our desire for Mission Hill, that we create an environment where every mom, where every person feels encouraged to be their best self, to be encouraged to walk out their purpose in life, a place where we can all learn from each other, a place where no one feels like they have to go it alone. Whether you're single, whether you're married with kids, married without kids, 
Um, we hope you can always find support and encouragement here. The church is supposed to be an extension of family, which is why we've spent today honoring and celebrating moms, because you are so important. You are the heart um, and the hands of the home. You take care of a lot of the emotional needs. You are always working hard, and we are so thankful for you. This place, this church, is home for me. It's been home to me ever since I was 16, and I'm thankful for many of you who have poured into my lives, who have showed me what it looks like. And I think this church has felt like home. You've all felt like my family because this church is centered around putting God first, loving others unconditionally, and encouraging each other. And so today, whether you're a mom or not, we hope that you felt encouraged. We hope that you felt like from the minute you walked in that you belong. We honor you today, moms, and we celebrate you for all the tireless, unseen, and often unappreciated work that you do. Maybe for some of you, you don't feel like a good mom. Maybe you're just starting out. Um, or maybe you didn't have a great example of a mom growing up. But it's never too late to become who you might have been. It's never too late to be different, to be better. For those of you who are already good moms, there's always that becoming better aspect where God is teaching us and showing us how we can expand our leadership potential and to expand our circle of influence. And so in the end, as the worship team comes up, in the end, it all comes down to this. It comes down to your table in your home, to the place wherever it is that you sit and you make time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that may look different for all of us, but for me this morning, as I examine my own life, my Bible doesn't sit out on my table as often as it should. I don't have kids who could walk in and catch me reading it, but Josh probably doesn't walk into the kitchen as often as he should and see me reading my Bible. And in my own life, I have to constantly be asking myself, what comes first? Is it the to-do list? Is it all the obligations? Is it all the crazy things running through my mind? Or is it Jesus? And I want to choose better. I want to choose better. Because I think I'm a good enough person. I think I do an adequate job. But I want to be better. And this morning, I hope that you feel the same. That for all of us, we can encourage each other to be so, Lord, this morning, we want to just sit at your feet just for a little bit longer. God, I pray for anyone in the room who maybe feels tired or discouraged, who maybe feels like they're not good enough. Lord, that you would encourage their heart this morning, that they would be encouraged by the people around them. Jesus, that you would be first in our lives and that out of that we would live these incredible, full, rich lives full of joy and purpose even when things feel meaningless and mundane because we know that we've spent time with you. I pray your blessing on every mom in this room today. Encourage them, Father. 
encourage us all this morning as we spend just a little bit more time with you. In Jesus' name.